This is Rain Hamcast podcast number 60, posted February 5th, 2022, voiced by Will Rogers, K5WLR. For over three decades, Hamp Holly KC9RP had produced the Rain Report for the amateur radio service. In the summer of 2019, Hap shelved his hamcast, citing burnout after 30 years of producing a weekly audio ham radio program. Two months later, however, Hap was bitten once again by the edit bug, resulting in what is known today as the Rain Hamcast podcast, which posts bi-weekly. In the fall of 2021, Hap wanted to expand the listenership to this service. He felt compelled to add a video element to it, a challenge for someone who has been blind since age seven. This veteran producer was directed to Tom Shimizu, N9JDI, a content creator of his own successful audio-video YouTube channel. Combining audio with video seemed a pretty straightforward proposition in Hap's mind at the time. In January 2022, Hap and Tom had a heart-to-heart Zoom conversation for Hap to better understand the complexities of adding Tom's video element to the Rain Hamcast podcast on YouTube. This is our first excerpt from Hap and Tom's conversation. Tom, how did you get started in content creation on YouTube? Well, I've got a lot of different hobbies that I partake in. And uh, during COVID, I felt compelled to just keep exploring more of them. I needed a creative outlet, to be honest. And so YouTube content creation, video editing, photo editing, that kind of stuff, it's always appealed to me. I've always really enjoyed the art of visual storytelling. And I figured I'd meld together a couple of passions, visual storytelling, something that I'm very much a novice at, but wanted to learn with my passion for things like amateur radio, woodworking, car modifications, DIY stuff. And so I blended those together and basically created a YouTube channel that I named Tom the Dilettante. Dilettante is just a self-deprecating word for jack of many trades, master of none. There's a lot of really great people that I've learned from on YouTube. What drew me to the platform of YouTube is I would watch a lot of videos as I was learning about amateur radio, for example. Like any newbie, just getting started, what do you mean programming a radio? How does a repeater work? What are these different offsets that people speak about? And you know, there's a huge community out there of really, really smart people that served up really good content that I learned from. And so part of the YouTube thing was to kind of pay it back. But in my case, through the lens of a fellow novice. Most people on YouTube are very well-versed, very well-educated, and experts in their field, or so it would seem. And so when they're doing presentations, some of the comments that I would read on those presentations would be viewers that are still a little lost. They don't quite understand the jargon. What do you mean DCS or CTCSS, all these acronyms that were thrown apart just because it's part of the jargon. And I figured what I'll do is I'll create content that kind of talks back about how I learned as I learned it. So things like software-defined radio, I learned about it from a fellow ham on a local repeater. And then I bought one, learned about it, still learning about it, and I'm just creating content as I learn. And so far, it seems to be gaining some traction. I only regret that I don't have more time to do it. Let's get specific here regarding what the process is of getting the video in sync with the rain hamcast that I produce. The rain hamcast was a different animal for me to tackle because my typical content, you think about it from a production mindset. I'll think through what is it that I want the viewer to take away. It's very important to me to be concise and helpful with the viewer in mind. And so watch many channels. Some 
content creators will spend 25 minutes conveying something that could have been conveyed in five minutes. And so my production talks about the story and then it goes on to doing a rudimentary script for myself, not necessarily word by word, but just the talking points, much like I'm sure you do, creation of your handcast. And then it'll get into filming. And then throughout the filming, uh, you know, focusing on production qualities such as good lighting, good video, good audio. Audio is a huge thing that can make or break any piece of content. And so basically film and record all the content that I'm going through and then stitch it together in some editing software in what's commonly called just post-production. And that's where you take all the footage and raw materials that you shot and weave that concise story that you think will resonate most with the viewers. That's my favorite part of it, actually, is the editing process because... It's there where you design what that experience is going to be for a viewer or for a listener, right? Something I'm sure you're familiar with. Traditionally, my content is audio video. When you had approached me for the handcast, the first thought was, okay, great. You know, it's basically serving up audio, but on an audio video platform. And I've seen people do this in different ways. Some people will actually just play back music or play back podcasts on YouTube, simply using YouTube as another vehicle for their content. And more often than not, what I see is the audio is the crucial element of a YouTube quote unquote podcast. Sometimes it'll be a black screen with audio just playing because people who are listening to it are listening to it. They're not necessarily watching it. Other times it'll be people just putting in a static image, like maybe a logo of their brand, a logo of their podcast, sort of like your logo for the Rain Hamcast. I'll put that up in the background overlaying the audio. But then, you know, as we got to talking, Hap, you and I, it'd be nice. Ideally, is there an in-between, right? Instead of just audio with a static image that never changes you know, visually, it's not dynamic. It's not really engaging. Audio is engaging. Is there an in-between? Can we add some visual elements to overlay your audio that might make it more engaging for an audience to not just listen to, but perhaps watch? And that's where I've struggled because unless there's some picture or video or visual element available, then where the time commitment can come into play is trying to identify, download, locate, maybe edit visual contents that in my in this case, I feel personally might complement your audio. That's the time consuming process is just identifying that imagery, identifying the videos. And another challenge to that is uh, you can't just go Google search it and start screenshotting and grabbing people's video. Most of the stuff out there is copyrighted, right? I don't know if you know this, half. a couple of things that I've used on your channel, for example, I have a subscription that I pay for that gives me access to imagery, stock video clips, stock audio clips, and that kind of thing. I've pulled some things from there, and I've actually granted your channel an extension of my license in order to use that. Otherwise, YouTube will identify copyrighted content and potentially close your channel. So all those things together, identifying imagery, identifying videos that complements an audio, and then doing it in such a way where you're not violating any copyrights, that I think is where a lot of the challenge comes in. It's fun, but it certainly can be time consuming. Let's assume I have forwarded to you a 15-minute piece of audio, which will eventually turn into a rain hamcast. What are the steps you take from there? If we simply want to post the audio onto YouTube using YouTube as a vehicle, it's a very quick process. Basically, I'll take your audio track, dump it into an audio video editor. In my case, I use Adobe Premiere. There's a variety of other audio video editors out there. So I'll take that audio file, dump it into this editing tool. And how the editing tool works is you can layer multiple audio tracks, multiple video tracks, multiple imagery and so forth on top of each other to compose a production. So with the audio already set, 
The simplest way to do a podcast, a hamcast on YouTube is to use your audio as is and then put up maybe your logo saying Rain Hamcast episode 57 and then the title narrated by uh, something like that. So that way, if people do happen to look at the YouTube screen while they're listening to it, they can identify what it is. It's basically the audio underneath a static image that conveys your brand. And doing that is very quick and easy because I've already put together a template that has your brand, a title that I can just simply edit and then trim that picture, if you will, to match the length and the duration of the audio, send it out and upload it to YouTube. That by itself can take no more than our tops. It's when we start layering on imagery and video where it starts to add the time. You're listening to a discussion about the complexities of adding video to the Rain Hamcast for posting on the Rain Report channel on YouTube. We'll continue this illuminating conversation between Rain producer Hap Holly KC9RP and YouTube content creator Tom Shimizu N9JDI after station identification. This is the Rain Hamcast podcast for February 5th, 2022. I'm Will Rogers, K5WLR. We'll be right back. You're tuned to the Rain Hamcast from Chicago, available both on the rainreport.com and the Rain Report page on YouTube. How do you judge how much is too much? That's a great question. One of my mental blocks when it comes to trying to integrate some imagery into your handcasts today is if you think of just the average Joe viewer, the attention span of people is very short. The audio, I think, is engaging. And if that's all people require, then I think the audio with the static image is sufficient. If people intend to listen to and watch something like a podcast on YouTube, in my opinion, because people's natural tendency to have a short attention span, especially when visuals are involved, the visual element of such a production needs to be engaging. By engaging, I mean it needs to be relevant to the content. So whatever video you're showing needs to be specifically relevant to what's being talked about at that particular timestamp and duration, and it needs to change. If you think about a Hollywood movie or some TV show, it's not just a single camera view. They zoom in, they zoom out, they cut to different angles, they'll show different images, they'll have B-roll is what it's called, where it's not necessarily the person talking, but some supportive element. Right? So if you're talking about an HT, for example, one version might be the narrator speaking about a particular radio, a particular brand, and as they're describing something, you might cut to what's called B-roll, a close-up of the radio and a particular feature or aspect that you're speaking about at the time. A 10-minute production of mine, I recently did a tactical flashlight review, had about 72 video elements that I edited together within 10 minutes. Some video elements last no more than three to five seconds just to convey a point that's related to the audio. So when I approach your Hamcast app, right, you know, I kind of have that preconceived notion in mind where if we're going to do visual elements to this, then it needs to be, as I would describe, engaging. And I admit that's very subjective. Something that's engaging to one person may not be engaging to another. You know, as I was learning about content creation, I had immersed myself in a lot of content creating how-tos, not just technical how-tos on how to stitch together audio and video, but a lot of the craft, the craft of content creation, how to make engaging videos. 
And so that's where sometimes I struggle when I'm provided with, to use your example, a 15 minute audio track. And let's say we cut that in half to say seven, eight minutes for two series, seven or eight minutes, you can actually fill with many, many potential visual elements. One of the first ones we did together was talking about RF interference from solar panels. It was super helpful that I came over, shot some B-roll of your solar array, your antenna, your radio, had some complimentary audio tracks. So each one of those elements helped come together to enhance that production. But all of those shots that we spent maybe a couple hours shooting and so forth probably took up no more than maybe a minute of the actual production. So to do it well, again, in my opinion, we'd want enough of a variety of relevant visual content to span the entire duration. We don't quite have that yet. A lot of that's on me. I simply don't have the time to commit to filming that many or, or searching out that many visual elements. And so that's where I rely heavily on you and your guests to provide pictures of something that they're speaking to. But again, if we have, say, an eight-minute hamcast and I'm provided seven pictures, right? eight minutes divided by seven pictures, that's a very long duration for one image to be on screen. And from what I've learned, a static image presented for that long will lose an audience visually quite quickly. The tough part of all this is the fact that I, being a blind person, I don't see what the hell you're doing. Or I cannot appreciate the challenges you have of trying to match audio with video and, and not put too much video in any one seat once because that might distract from the audio. It's really a balancing act. Yes, I could be wrong. Hap. You know, when I describe the, the effort that I think is involved in, in making an engaging audio visual presentation, but like I said earlier, I admit a lot of that's subjective. I am taking a cue, given the, the particular niche that you fill, from other content creators within the amateur radio community. There's a lot of really good ones out there. Some of my personal favorites, and I'm not omitting anyone deliberately or maliciously, would be like Ham Radio Dude, TCO, and Smoke and Ape. And when I watch their productions, these are hams that know a lot about what they're doing. And they dedicate a lot of time and effort to educating the amateur radio community, both novice and expert. And when I watch their content, a lot of it is what we call, it's just a talking head, where it's a single camera view, and they're speaking to the audience. And as they're going through it, they'll often show either through that one camera view, what they're referring to. Like I said, if they're talking about a radio, if they're talking about building an impedance transformer, they're cutting to these different visuals, complement very well what it is they're talking about. And to me, I find that very engaging. If it were just an image, if it were just like one to two pictures overlaying a seven minute instructable on how to build a transformer, it's difficult for the audience to relate to what's being spoken about. And so when I think of your hamcast, you got a lot of really great stuff. And to do it service, again, in my opinion, I'm struggling to find that middle ground. What good looks like as far as a hamcast or a podcast on YouTube is either the engaging audio, as you've got, with a static image that endures through the entire duration of the production or the engaging audio, plus what I would call engaging visuals, which needs to have a lot of craft in it, a lot of different options, a lot of things that can cut to and speak to what you're talking about. Because when I put myself in the seat of a potential viewer to a hamcast, I've done this when I listen to other podcasts on YouTube. If I see a visual pop up, what I'm thinking to myself is, oh, okay, this is more than just an audio. This is audio video. And I'll watch. If that video doesn't change, or if it becomes irrelevant, then you lost me. And it's important to me that your audience have doesn't succumb to that notion. I don't want your audience nor anyone's audience to see something pop up on the screen 
and go, oh, hey, good, cool. This is going to be audio video. There's going to be something to look at too, not just listen to. And then to disappoint because that video ends up not being as engaging as the audio. It just emphasizes the challenge that you have of doing what you do and finding the time to do it as you work a number of hours a week in your jobs you have. This concludes our first of two excerpts from a serious discussion about the challenges facing blind Rain Hamcast producer Pat Polly KC9RP and YouTube podcaster Tom Shimizu N9JDI combining forces to add video to HAP's audio hamcast on YouTube. We'll conclude their discussion next time. Before we go, here's an announcement. If you're a subscriber to the Blind Ham's email list, you are cordially invited to participate in a special event called CQ Blind Ham's Open Shack. The date is February 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 0000 UTC, February 11th. The place is Zoom. Full details regarding how to connect will be posted on the Blindham's email list. You will learn a lot about the vibrant and active Blindham's digital network. That date again is February 10th on Zoom. See blind-hams.com for further details. Rain founder Hap Holly, KC9RP, edits and produces this bi-weekly ham radio podcast without monetization. Your support and feedback are welcome on therainreport.com. Rain programming is made available under a Creative Commons license. You are encouraged to download, share, post, and transmit the Rain Hamcast in its entirety via amateur radio. Thanks to Tom Shimizu, N9JDI, for his assistance with the Rain Report channel on YouTube. That's 30 for this time. Rain Hamcast number 61 will post February 19th, 2022. Copyright 1985 2022. Rain, the Radio Amateur Information Network. All rights reserved. I'm Will Rogers, K5WLR, bidding you very 73. Keep on hamming.